Hey friends, happy Wednesday and welcome to Drive Through Moms. I'm your host, Lynn Mitcher. Each episode, we'll hear stories from ordinary moms serving others in extraordinary ways and chat about how God has impacted their life. I'm so glad you're here. Here we go. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. Welcome to Drive Through Moms. I'm Lynn, your host. Today, we are talking with a sweet friend um, of my kiddos and somebody that I've got to watch and grow. And um, now she has her own family. And today, we're going to be talking to Jessica. Hey, Jess. Hey, y'all. How are you? I am good. I've had a good day, and I'm super excited to finally be talking with you on your podcast, like a regular conversation we have pretty often. I know. I was super jealous. I saw you went to see Lacey at work today with the baby. Yes, so. I was really glad. I haven't got to see her in a long time, and we happen to be in Plano, and I didn't really want to go home, so I was like, might as well. Yeah, well, and you had a little good reason to go by and pop by and say hi, so that was yes. fun to get to see her, her new little bling. Yes, I loved her bling. Dylan did good. <laughs> he did, didn't he? he did Maya good. liked it, too. She immediately, like, I said, look at her ring, and then she just kept, like, grabbing it and twisting it on her finger. I know so. my niece that my niece has a little boy that she adopted um and he's still learning English and he's little so he's still learning a lot but um she, he did a little video she was trying to get him to tell her tell her congratulations and she and then he couldn't say it and so she finally was just like say I like your ring and he was like wing wing it was so cute <laughs> anyway <Yeah. laughs> so congratulations is a hard word yeah for a little one oh uh, well it is. Okay. It's uh, oh, ring is hard. Like Maya can't say R, so it's just ing. Ing, yeah. Some of those letters <clears> are just like, a little bit longer to get to. It's definitely not one of the first ones, but anyway. Yeah. It's so cute, though. Okay, so I have been thinking a lot about this um, with you guys building this house, but not just like, hey, we're building a house. There's We've hired a builder, or we're buying in a neighborhood or whatever, but like, you guys are like physically building your house and not only are you building the house you're building it with a toddler around so (laughs) inside of it yeah I want to hear all about that because I don't really know the story start to finish but I kind of want to hear a little bit about how you landed there and well so we're not building like the entire frame um this place it's a metal building and what some people would call a barn dominium. Originally, it was made to be an airplane hanger. Okay. And then that person, yeah, that person sold it to someone else. And we think they started kind of turning it into a living space or an office. Um, they put in like a kitchen and a bathroom and it just was very awkwardly orchestrated. Um, and then they sold it to another family. And so I don't know like what they did or who did what, but whoever did it didn't do it right. Um, as we're like tearing everything apart, there's so many things that were like, what were they thinking? Um, because he and I both come from a construction background, like our, our, both of our dads work for construction companies. Um, my mom and my stepdad have built their own house in Oklahoma And so we, you know, we're obviously not professionals, but we're a little bit better than um, whoever did this. Um, But so we're not totally building it from the ground up, but we basically tore everything on the inside totally apart and put in new walls, um, changed the layout. You know, Tanner built a shower um, with like tile and everything. And it's so much better than what was in here. 
You've done a good it job. Does. Yeah, you've done a he good did job. great. Yeah, basically, I tore everything down. So I probably have done like 78% of the demolition. Um, just like my dad gave me a sledgehammer and I just went after it. Um, and then Tanner's building everything up and then I'll do like the painting and decorating. So like that, um, that kind of stuff. And so the story, um, we were not looking to move at all. I was actually the one who is super adamant about, I didn't want to leave Anna for five years, I, at least five years. I don't know why that amount of time, but you know, you know, I've like, I moved my whole life. And so getting married, Tanner already had a home he had bought. So I was like, yes, I'm staying here for a long time. Um, loved our neighborhood, loved our neighbors. And I just didn't want to move because um, land in our area was insanely expensive per acre and we wanted to buy land. So if we wanted to buy land, we kind of figured we were going to have to go like way east or something. Um, and that would probably take us away from our church that we love. Um, we go to church with some of our best friends that we grew up with in youth group it would move us further away from my family that we're already further away from. Um, and there were just lots of other kind of selfish reasons on my end why I didn't want to move. But um, he just kept talking about a certain area and I just, and you know, the cost of acreage there. So I just got on realtor.com basically to window shop because that's always a good idea. Uh-huh. And I just wanted to kind of see like in what areas, how much, land was going for. I just wanted to see like a comparison. So in the future, I could kind of know like what was ridiculously priced and what was a good deal. And so I was just looking through some and I found this place that had like this barn dominium house on it and it had a workshop. And I thought, oh, that'd be cool because then we wouldn't have to, um, you know, we wouldn't have to move into an apartment uh, while we build a house, cause we intend to build an actual house out here. And then what we're in now be a guest house. Okay. Um, and since it had a shop on it, we wouldn't have to like quit our business while we were building a house. Um, you know, we have Gibson goods, it's a woodworking company. And so that was a big deal for us. And then, uh, we found out that like 20 acres of it. So like half the acreage is wooded. So perfect for hunting which was a huge thing that Tanner wanted. It wasn't a necessity, but you know, it obviously added some appeal. Um, and I looked at it and I actually, he was at work and I was like, Hey, look at this place. And I had all these ideas, um, for what it could be. Once we build a house, it could be a guest house for our family. Um, if we were ever in the position where we had parents that couldn't take care of themselves anymore, they could live here in this place It could be a retreat for church events and all this stuff. So I had all these ideas immediately and the place looked great. So we actually, right before COVID happened in March, we had our realtor uh, bring us out and we just prayed over it. And Tanner still at this point couldn't believe that I even was serious about it because I did not want to move. Right. Yeah. So we came out, there was nothing we didn't like about it. We put in an offer and while we were on a cruise and then when we got off the cruise, everything shut down. For COVID. So, I got uh, that cruise in. I couldn't, I forgot you guys. I know. To go and get I back know. I was surprised they didn't like quarantine us <clears throat> in Florida or something, which would have been fine, but we were like away from Maya already oh, for a week, so that okay. wouldn't have been cool. But so we um, put in an offer on the house it, and then we put our house up for sale. So I like packed our house and got it sale ready within a week. Um, and we like came into some bumps, but anyways, we got the place. We named it Hangar Nine because it used to be an airplane hangar, 
And nine is just like a been a prevalent number in our lives um, that has connected us. And we didn't really realize it until recently. But like we graduated high school in 2009. Um, April 9th is when I came and visited him in Texas and basically was like, am I your girlfriend or not? And then we got this married. Huh? Is this when you graduate? Is this after you graduated in Arkansas from college? You came back. No, it was a couple years later. So I, after I graduated from college in Arkansas, I had moved back to Oklahoma for a while. Okay. Okay. And so I was living in Oklahoma with my sister at this time. Um, okay. And my mom basically told me after a long conversation, if you don't go do something about it, I'm going to call his mom. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Y'all were this very much on again, off again. Everybody knew. It's like, would you guys just figure it out? Because you're clearly yes. well we had it we the thing was we had it figured out but we were both so terrified because you're not supposed to have that figured out when you're 17 you know yeah. that's like that happens in stupid movies and it never works out so he was terrified and I was cautious so we were just friends quote unquote for a very long time um but yeah so we April 9th I came down here so am I your girlfriend or not we got married on January 29th and then my was born um on January 9th um, and then our address is seven, two, nine, two out here. So it just kind of, I don't know. I just really like the number nine and we named it hanger nine hangers are numbered. So that's our place. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. So how much longer is it going to be before you guys, uh, think you'll be done? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we, um, this part of it, cause you guys have a bunch of acres, right? Like yes, we acres? do. We have, so we have 42 acres. I That's think great. about 20 of it is wooded. So we have about 15 to 20 acres of just open field. Um, and you know, we've, it's just a gorgeous view. We absolutely love being out here. Um, but we plan on building like a house house eventually, but right now we, what we lack is sheetrock on like one perimeter wall in the, what I'm calling the Murphy room. Cause we're going to have a Murphy bed and it's like our guest room. Um, and then the inside of our closets and then we'll be done sheetrocking. So the big stuff will be done and then we'll have to do like, you know, tape and bedding and texturing and painting uh, the walls. And then we're building our own like kitchen cabinets and everything. And so it's, after we get all the walls up, it's just like slow going stuff and, um, it's taking longer now because obviously we have a toddler running around and we're trying not to let her play with, you know, screws, um, <laughs> or paint. And, um, she loves playing with all the hammers and, uh, we have to like, we have all of our stuff out of storage now. So we have boxes and boxes in here and we just keep moving stuff out of the way to get to a certain area. And then we have to move the stuff from where we moved it to get to that area. So, it's just a lot of juggling right now and moving stuff around. So we can't like knock out a ton of stuff in one day. Yeah. But you think we'll be done with it. Um, and then live in that one until you build a house on that property. I was thinking about y'all today yes. because, um, I mean, home ownership is no joke in general. Um, we've no. been here, we've built two houses and I say we built, we didn't do any of it. <laughs> um, but we had who two houses built, um, since we've been married and I was just thinking about, you know, what we were going to talk about and I wanted to talk about the barn and, or the hangar and all of that. But, um, oh, Reggie will kill me for telling the story. <laughs> Maybe we should Tell have it. built our own house because <laughs> when we built, um, 
when we built this house, there was a section in the, you know, Reggie was very particular and he would come up. He didn't work anywhere near either house when we built them. And he would come up every week and look and just uh, at least every couple of days and look and see what they had done. And I remember once when he came up here to this house or uh, to McKinney, he was working down in Dallas somewhere. We still lived in Cedar Hill. So he was coming to McKinney and looking. And I remember him coming and looking down like in the framed structure of where the bar in the kitchen would be. And there's just like mm-hmm. KFC boxes and forks and all kinds <laughs> of stuff, like garbage down in there. Um, but our, but our first house, this is the worst. This is the one he wouldn't probably want me to tell. But our first house, I remember we had been in the house maybe... I don't even know, maybe a year or two. Um, we built it before Amanda was born and mm-hmm. he was in the attic for something. And he came downstairs and he was like, you're not going to believe what's in the attic. And I was like, I don't know. Is there like a dead mouse up there? He goes, Oh, I wish and <laughs> we got those. There was, Oh, I'm sure. Um, no, like some construction worker had like pooped. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, there must not have been a porta potty on our street because <laughs> something it was, it was human. I was like, oh my god, no. Anyway, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, well, that's, that's my. Or you had a squatter. That's my poop story for the episode. Um, but anyway, yeah, maybe we could have just built, built our own house and we would have been fine. Man. Oh, well, it's yeah. still a mess. It's it's like. And I, like, I, I'm not OCD, but I'm very type A, so I'm the type of person where, like, my whole house can be dirty, but if my kitchen counters are clean, then I'm okay, but the kitchen counters are never clean, but we don't even have kitchen counters right now, we just have, like, fold-out tables, and they're obviously, like, they can't be clean, so my mind's like, I know we're in a construction zone, but I want it clean, but I know it can't be. Well, it's good to hear because my family knows if they if I come home from being out and the kitchen's a mess, I will probably blow a gasket because listen, it, I've it, never seen your kitchen counters dirty, and I love it. Um, it's usually because I think you're coming, so if there's something out, I probably <laughs> no. I'm super anal about that stuff. I will freely yeah. admit that I don't like clutter. Um, I don't either. It might not pass a white glove test if you got down on the floor, but um, I don't like clutter. It drives me crazy. Yeah. I don't um, even like like appliances out. Like even if I'm regularly using them, I want me them either. hidden. I would love those. Zach keeps talking about in the new house that they're building that he would love to do like those where you open the cabinet doors. And I've seen one video where you open the cabinet doors and then like this table comes out on a lift and your KitchenAid Smoothie. mixer. Yes. It pops up because it's, mine is so yes. heavy. The older I get, I just, it's, I don't use it much because I have to move it and it's super heavy. Right. Um, yeah. Those would be really cool to have. Anyway. Yes. So oh, I have one of those. Is, uh, Maya's almost two, right? Isn't she about to be she two? Is. She'll be, yeah, she'll be two in January. And it, Lacey, we were talking about that today and she's like, what? I said, I know she's so tall. I feel like already. Yeah. She's very she's a very dainty little thing, but she like it's just weird that she's been here for almost 2 years. Yeah, cuz I was wondering how close she was. I knew she was getting close to being 2. Um Yes. She's full toddler. Okay. She's full toddler. Yeah, she is full toddler. Uh, what do you think's been the biggest surprise since having her? I mean, 
all the stories that you hear before you have a baby and then or the things that you think about motherhood, what do you think has been the biggest surprise so far, at least the first few months that you had her? I think like hard surprise, probably how tired I am. Um, I'm not, I mean, I've always kind of, I've always had a certain point every day that, or I just like hit a wall, but I've never been so tired that I feel like I just can't do anything else, but then I'm a stay at home mom. So like, I have to keep doing something else uh, because you know, no one else is watching her. Um, that's probably the hardest surprise. The like best surprise is probably just now she's older the best surprise would be just like the little things she does that are just so great and like we'll put her to bed and Tanner and I will sit there and start talking about like how great she is which is weird that's you know we can't wait for a quality time at night without her but then we spend it talking about her Um, yeah the tiny like weird stuff she does all day that makes us laugh or you know she's like obsessed with this Coca Melon cartoon right now that a does what? nursery rhymes, and she has like a unicorn chair. She'll sit out and just sit there and watch it by herself quietly. So I can cook dinner, which is kind of nice. But that doesn't always happen. Um, what did you say it's called? Coco Melon. Coco Melon. Yes, like C O C O Melon, and they okay. do like Baba Black Sheep and Baby Shark and. Um, she like tries to say all of the titles, you know, so she can tell you which one she wants to watch, but it's baby gibberish. Um, but it makes total sense to me. Uh, when we first brought her home, probably the biggest surprise was that I wasn't going to break her <laughs> because yeah. I like, I feel like you always, when anyone holds a newborn, like a fresh newborn, you feel like you're going to break them. Like you can't move once you've held them. Yeah. But I didn't you feel like that with her. Now, if I hold someone else's newborn, I still feel like, Right. I, if I like hold someone else's newborn, I still feel like I'm going to break it. But when I held her, I was like, this is fine. This is natural. So that was, was, that was just really cool. I always felt like I was having these little mini sods of, I'd be holding, you know, holding one of the kids and think I could see myself dropping them or, you know, tripping while I had dreams frequently. Did you? Yeah. So what I was had, well, in the beginning because um, Tanner's schedule was so weird. Did he kind of stick to that schedule? He, so he's um, – In terms of you being home. Right. So he works for 24 hours, and then he's off for 48 hours. And so he works like he goes into work at 6 a.m., and he doesn't get home – he doesn't get off until the next morning at 6 a.m. So we'd have a full day, full night without him. Um, and in the beginning, yes, that was probably one of the harder things I've ever done. Um, especially cause we didn't have, uh, our closest family was an hour away and they were readily there available to help. But at three o'clock in the morning, you know, when you're just like crying your eyes out next to your child, who's also crying their eyes out, uh-huh. uh, you can't call somebody to come rescue you. Um, but when she was born, he took off like, I can't remember if it was like two or three weeks of shifts. So that, that added up to like six shifts about, um, and it was great. To have him there, of course, in the middle of the night when I was breastfeeding, there's not a whole lot he could do. Um, but it was nice just during the day when he could take over and I could take a nap because I was still just so fatigued and found out later it wasn't totally because of postpartum. I had hypothyroidism, so I'm still just like always like ready to take a nap at any time. Um, but then when he went back to work, my mom was here for a little while. Like she come for a couple of days. 
um, and help out. And his parents were here to help out too. And I think I kind of just like, I wanted to put off as long as possible being by myself <laughs> um, for a whole day. Cause it seemed just so daunting and it was sometimes, but I mean, we managed, you know, we managed to get through it. It was a lot of me crying in the floor and saying, God, please just keep me awake. Um, <laughs> or please make her go to sleep, please. Yeah, um, there were a lot of those. Red, you know, Reggie traveled a lot when the girls were little. He he was gone probably, I don't know, a couple of years where he was gone Monday through Thursday or Sunday through Thursday or Monday through Friday. And it would just, you know, we only lived about 10 minutes from my parents. Um, yeah. We happened to live on a cul-de-sac with two other of my good friends I'm still friends with that their husbands were pilots. So their husbands were gone a lot. So all three of our husbands were gone a lot. And we would be with, you know, by ourselves with the kids during the day. And Amanda was not a, she was a good sleeper, but, um, the bigger she got, we struggled a little bit with her. Um, not a good awaker. Uh, yeah, not a good awaker, but like we struggled. She was sick a lot. Um, plus Mm -hmm. everybody, my daughter, one of my doctors was always like, you're just a new mom. (laughs) You don't know what you're doing. (laughs) Totally true. Because I, she was sick a lot. We had a lot of issues, but, um, you know, the second time around, you just learn more. You learn like, okay, yeah. this is not a big deal or you learn. Other they can techniques. scream a little bit longer. Yes. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time she, um, threw up from screaming, uh, and the doctor was like, just let her cry. And I'm like, but she's going to throw up. He's like, well, she'll figure out that that's kind of gross <laughs> and she won't do it anymore. Right. And um, and she did because she had to, with her, she wanted to visually see you. Um, mm-hmm. and I would be in the living room going, Amanda, I am right here. You can't see me, but I'm in the living room. You're going to be fine. Just go to sleep. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we made so many mistakes the first go round, but yeah, there were a lot of tears, a lot of mm-hmm. tears, um, with Reggie being out of town and, and doing things on your own and just figuring it out. But yeah. It's just and you just want sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I will do whatever you want during the day if you will just sleep. She actually, we were very lucky. We put her in her crib kind of early. And I think at like by four or five months, she was sleeping seven hours through the night. And we might hear like a whimper. But but then, of course, we had like the really bad nights. And the really bad nights were typically on a shift night when I was by myself. And there are a lot of nights where I just laid there and cried next to her because I was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. So what is, what do you think has been something that you wish you'd have known before you had her in terms of maybe not necessarily childbirth and all that, because everybody has their stories and talks about it and everybody's childbirth experience is different, but what's something you mm-hmm. wish you'd have known maybe the first two years, obviously that you've had her that you, that might've been helpful <laughs> if somebody just told you. <laughs> um, thing is, pro- people probably did tell me and I just didn't like register it. But probably to, like, let them cry a little bit longer, even if it sounds like they're in pain. Um, Which I do remember very significantly. I remember when my mom's sister had her first kid. um, I think I was, like, 10 or something, 10 or 11. And she had gone and put him in his crib, and he just would not stop crying. And she would always go and get him, and she just could not handle it. And I remember my mom saying, just let him cry. Just shut the door and let him cry. And we sat there. I remember sitting in the living room there with with my mom and my aunt, listening to my little cousin cry for like an hour. 
And my mom just every five minutes was like, just let him cry. Don't go get him. Just let him cry. And for some reason that stuck with me. Like I understood from a young age that you're just supposed to let him cry. But then when it was mine crying, it was a little bit different. Because, um, yeah. you know, I can't sleep while she's crying. And I just feel bad. And, and, well, and um, it's heart-wrenching sometimes cry. And it I is. One thing that um, there was an episode, honestly, I don't even remember what show it was, but there was an episode of a show a long time ago, probably before your time, where a mom has gone to visit her daughter and her, they've had a baby and she's kind of telling her that, you know, you just let her cry and she keeps saying, but something's wrong. I don't, I don't feel right about this. And she sits out mm-hmm. in the hall and the mom is just crying outside the the baby's room. Yes. And finally she's like, does this feel wrong to you? And she goes, yes. She goes, think I'll get her. You know, you have to kind of know yeah. that there are, right. there are different cries. There are different, right. um, you know, mom instincts that kick in. Um, and, you know, I think I probably would have spoiled the other two, maybe more than I did Amanda. I, I, I don't know. I, I remember a lot with our first going in and um, because she, Maybe because she was sick and in the hospital for about a week when she was mm-hmm. born, we terrified. Once we got her home, she was going to stop breathing. Right. And, um, I remember crawling out of the room on the floor, you know, after <laughs> patting her to go to sleep. Um, I did that three times. Yeah, just in hopes of her not seeing me. But um, did you say? I think you said something earlier. Did you? Um, did you breastfeed with her? Not very long, so it doesn't even, I don't know if you can qualify it, but I, probably part of the reason that I didn't enjoy it was because I had it in my head that I wasn't going to want to do it, but I needed to. Um, So I I breastfed for um, four weeks and it hurt like, you know what? And Mm -hmm. I got like the nipple shells and I had no problem with like her latching. Her latch was perfect, but she would like nurse on each side for 45 minutes each and still be hungry. And then I would pump and I'd still get some out. So it's like, there just wasn't enough coming out. I wasn't producing enough. And then eventually I just, I, I had serious anxiety over it too, because, um, and a lot of moms probably do. It's supposed to be something that we're naturally supposed to do. So, you know, why am I having anxiety about it? Um, but after crying for a long time and talking to Tanner about it, I quit breastfeeding after just four weeks. It felt a lot more like it was two years. Um, and I just pumped for two more weeks. And that still was stressing me out because I still wasn't producing very much. And I was like, you know, eating the cookies that are supposed to lactate cookies. And I was taking these other vitamins that were supposed to help with your supply. It just wasn't happening. Um, and my mom told me, you know, just quit. Yeah, they're really good. To be honest, I would eat them now. (laughs) They're pretty delicious. Um, you just get them in like the baby aisle at Walmart. Um, but my mom told me just to quit because, you know, if you're stressing out, the baby can feel that when you're feeding. And then I went to my six week checkup appointment with my doctor and she's like, yeah, just quit. It's fine. I was like, Oh, thank you, Lord. Because I hated it. One, I wasn't enjoying it. Pumping takes up your entire day. Um, to get virtually nothing. (laughs) And she was doing fine on formula. She was, you know, she got what she needed. Um, So when we have a second baby, I'm probably just going to like breastfeed for a little while. And then I probably won't really try for longer unless I just somehow miraculously have an insane supply, but I probably won't. 
Well, you know, it's different too for each kiddo. And, you know, you said something about um, that it's supposed to be something we're naturally, you know, capable of doing, but yeah, I think maybe because we're anatomically natural to be able to do it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean it's a natural feeling. Um, right. With, with Amanda, um, my kids are probably going to hate me mentioning their names all the time, but I don't care. It's my show. Um, with her, you know, she was in the hospital for five days before we brought her home. And so she, because of her breathing issues, I couldn't nurse her. Um, and she was only being fed through a tube. Um, Mm -hmm. and so then they had me pumping. So they were giving her breast milk, but, um, so I didn't get to nurse her until that first, I guess it was, she was born on a Tuesday. It was like Saturday and we took her home Sunday. So by Sunday, I actually got to try feeding her. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was, Amanda had lost a lot of weight. Um, and so after two weeks of nursing her and I was having to pump the whole time, um, we ended up, the doctor was like, she's still losing weight when we would go in for, for weight checks. So I was having yeah. to, you know, like you said, it takes forever. I was nursing. Um, and then after I would nurse her in the middle of the night, going in the closet and pumping in the middle of the night, cause the, right. the what they're, like, loud. Now, they're loud, they're still loud. <laughs> And there weren't two. You couldn't do two at once. So let me tell you, yeah. just, it was a pain. Um, it takes your entire day. Yeah. And so what what happened was with her, um, I did that for almost a year. I nursed her and I pumped. And she finally, um, so she was getting breast milk after she was getting a bottle after uh, she ate for me. Um, to where she finally started gaining weight. So I did that forever. And I thought, this is just, I love her and I'm going to do, I can do this. I can do this. I was exhausted. Um, but she was my sickest kid and out of, out of the three of them. And I felt like, you know, I did this mainly, I was trying to do it for her health reasons because that's, you know, one of the big perks supposedly. And I'm not knocking if you breastfeed. Great. And I, I loved it. I did it with all three of mine. I just did it shorter. Like I did it with Amanda for almost right. a year with Lacey. Oh gosh. I might've done it seven months with her. I got a really bad case of mastitis with her, which was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, with Reed, I bled so bad right off the first two weeks that I was like, screw it. I'm done. He threw exactly. up on me. He threw up on me once and it was pink and I panicked oh. because I thought it was him and it wasn't yeah, it was me. It was and the doctor, yeah. The doctor was like, just keep pumping until your milk is clear. Um, so I did pump for him for probably seven or eight months, but yeah, I think you just do the best you can. And if that's your thing, great. If it's not, you know, you can't feel bad about it, but at least you right. kind of know what you think you would do going into it second time around, you know, after, after Maya, what you might do next time. Right. That's probably one thing too. I wish someone would have told me just like, there's not just because we're quote unquote supposed to be able to do it. Doesn't mean you need to put so much pressure. And if you're stressing, your baby can feel it. Like when my mom and my doctor both told me that that's when it kind of hit me. I was like, why, you know, I don't want to do that to her. And if she can eat formula, I do not mind spending the extra money to give my boobs a rest. Yeah. Because they're not working like they're supposed to. But I, you know, I, also, I found out later having hypothyroidism can also cause a 
uh, lack in supply. So, I mean, there's if our bodies don't do 100% what they're supposed to do, there's probably a reason. And yeah. it's not usually not something that, you know, it's not because I drink too much Dr. Pepper. You know, it's, it's <laughs> not my fault. Yeah, I think we like to try to find those reasons and say, mm-hmm. at least I'm very, well, if A is this and B is this, then C must be this. So, you know, kind of go, well, it must be my fault that I can't do right. this. I want to be able to fix it. Yeah. Or, wow, I'm a bad mom because I can't do something that, you know, God enabled me to do. And, and I, I think that's just false. It's just, you do what you right. can, you do the best you can. Um, I think the, the, I don't know about you, like I nursed in dressing rooms. I nursed in the car. Um, <laughs> I think the weirdest place I ever pumped was my mom and I, it was the first time I had been away from Amanda and, um, we went to Canton. I don't even like Canton, um, <laughs> because I'm not really a big out Outdoorsy. Sorry, I love your land and all, but um, <laughs> I not really miss outdoors. And so Canton is an open flea market and it's great. And I love going, but it's so massive. It's overwhelming. But anyway, yes. it, you know, however far that is from where we lived then an hour, hour and a half ish. I don't know. Um, I remember just feeling like I was going to explode and I was like, mom, I have got to pump. And so I'm pumping in the car are going down the road and it was a handheld. I didn't have the little handheld battery operated ones. And I'm sitting there pumping and pulling. And I remember a diesel going by and I'm just looking at him like, sorry, dude. Um, so dude. Yeah. But I remember we went to like a dairy queen and got a big, the biggest cup of ice I could get. Um, and taking the bottle and shove it down, you know, a bottle of breast milk, (laughs) keep it cold. But, um, you do what anyway. you got to do. Yeah, See, yeah, I never got to the point where my, I was never so full that I felt like I was going to explode. There just uh, was not, I just, I just pumped because, you know, it was, it had been two hours and it was time, but I didn't, I think I also was super uncomfortable nursing anywhere because I could never just like figure it out. It's hard. So it's, I might, yeah, I was just like, I just don't want to do this. Yeah, I think I probably nursed on a plane once. And I remember Reggie standing, holding a blanket, like while I was trying to yeah. get get out. I guess I don't know. Yes. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and yet, I know I see people that just do it in public. It doesn't bother them. It doesn't bother me um, mm-hmm. to see somebody do it, but I think it would bother me to be seen. Um, I don't think it would bother me to be seen. I just wasn't good at it. Like I wasn't like. I lacked the coordination it took to hold my child, but now they have those like little throw things you can put over you, which are super handy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I couldn't get that over me, get her, like pull my shirt up and I just, I just was, I didn't like it. I didn't like any part of it. It's almost as uncomfortable as when you go and have an, like I've had appointments with lactation specialists and they're like physically moving your boob for you. And I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't, it's so uncomfortable. It's like getting a mammogram when they do that for you. That's, yeah. that's another story, but yeah, that's super uncomfortable. Um, okay. So I want to talk a little bit about, I know your faith obviously is a big part mm-hmm. of your life and a big part of, um, you know, I, I have watched you through the years, um, disciple other girls that are younger than you or older than you and walk alongside them um, just with whatever's going on with them. But what's something that has um, 
helped you? I know you said when you guys moved to the hangar that you wanted to really be careful about not being too far away from your church community. So right. what's something, at least over the last two years, maybe that's changed or that God's kind of spoken to you? Um, because it is a, it's a new rhythm. It's a new um, season of trying to figure out, I can't do everything. I, I want to work out. I want to cook. Yeah. Or I just want to have a clean hair, you know. Um, and yet, you need to feed your soul. <laughs> that's right? a that's a good one. <laughs> you know, you need to right. feed your soul. So, how do you? What is something that I know that um, that that's important to you? So, what's something that has that you have found at least at this point that may be working? Uh, with like ministry, or just like for myself? Just like, how are you? How are you feeding? I said that. Sorry, that was a bad question or poorly formed. How do you, how have you at least figured out a way to incorporate in your daily life, adjusting to having a human being you're taking care of, um, feed your soul because Mm -hmm. your time is different. It's not your own anymore. Um, and yet, you know, we have priorities over what we spend our time doing, but because I know your faith is important to you, you know, has that been hard, um, you know, to kind of figure out time and, and ways to feed your soul? Right. I don't know. It may not be hard because I'm not trying hard enough. A lot of times, to be honest, I'm, I'm still bad about having a daily time, like a sit down and be with God. Um, for different reasons now than before. Um, but you know, I also have to pay attention to like my main ministry for God right now and Tanner's is our child. And so anytime I'm getting to spend with her is time with God. Um, but aside from that, I have joined a wonderful young moms group, um, that my friend Valerie Dusick that, you know, we all grew up with in youth group. She invited me to, and this other girl leads it. Um, and it's just really cool. Like there, it's all women around my age. We have a few that are a little bit older, but we all have really little ones. Um, and it's something I needed because like you said, I've like, since I graduated high school, actually since before I graduated high school, I've been heavily involved in youth ministry. So I've spent a lot of time being the person like pouring into somebody, um, and not often had a group that's like pouring into me that were, you know, pouring and ministering to each other. Um, I have had those, but they're never like at the same time. Like I had it in college um, and then there was just a gap. So this is just really great because we have we go through Bible studies together um, or we have some nights where we just all need to like chill and vent because we're all young moms and we're tired of doing laundry. Um, but that's just been really great. And Tanner's really good about making sure that I'm able to go, you know, uh, no matter what. So if, you know, we've had a long day, even if he's stressed out, he's still like, you, you know, you go, it's your Thursday night thing, go and do it. So, um, that helps a lot. And even through like the COVID thing, our life hasn't really changed much because I'm a stay at home mom. And with his schedule, this is kind of like normal for us, but you know, we have still haven't got to see people that much. So it's been really nice lately just to be able to like go to that group and see them and talk about, you know, what's going on with us. But, um, that's been really great. And then just, but this place is beautiful. So I finally got to hang up, hang up my hammock 
And I feel like I am at most at peace when I'm just swinging in a hammock, even if Maya's climbing all over me. Um, So that's just really great just to sit up there and like look out at what God has given us and just be able to reflect. Yeah. There's something about a view, no matter where you are, um, just seeing, you know, like you said, what God's given you, what he's made, what he's provided, um, that makes you just be thankful regardless of what's going on. Um, which I have a dear friend who just always encourages me so much, um, you know, to choose joy in the middle of all this. Um, I'll text her something like, Reggie this weekend was working on the house and trimming a bunch of trees. And he goes, Hey, I think we have some bees. And I was like, okay. And I go out there, there's like four or five bees, you know, flying around or whatever. Well, no, there are apparently he's had a cup, a guy come out that's going to have to come remove the bees. And he told Reggie, uh-huh. this afternoon, he thinks there's like 20,000 bees oh, up underneath in your backyard of the roof line of our house. And so that's lovely. Yeah. So it sometimes it just feels like when there's just little things that that happen one thing after another, which I have kind of felt a little bit of lately. Um, you know, the enemy just wants those things to overpower and overwhelm and um take away from the fact that there's really a lot of amazing good things that are going on around you that you can be thankful right. for. Right in my sinful nature at times will just go, yeah, but this is terrible. <clears throat> I want to park here. You know, I want to, I want to camp yeah. on this moment. Um, we had a group, um, I don't know how old you were when, um, so did you ever go to the church when it was over in Fairview? Yes. Okay. So when we were there, you probably know a bunch of the couples then, but when we were there, when we first moved here, I guess the girls were little, Lacey was two. Um, we had a group like that, that I think is so, so important to have um, a group of women that you can get together with. We had it, it was once a month, we, somebody, I don't know how, where the name came from, it was called Tea Time. And we basically went to somebody's house. We took food, right. we did a Bible study. We did a major prayer session um, at the end, and um, it was just that moment of, oh, somebody else knows what I'm going through. Exactly. Somebody else. This is normal. Yeah, that this is normal, and yet they were women I went to church with. They were women that I adored, still am friends with the majority of them, you know, that I keep track of at least. Um, but it was super important. I will say one thing, um, that I've always had to kind of guard against is some of those times because we take those moments where we do get away from our family and we're like, okay, I got to get out. And, and we go, Mm -hmm. it's, there can be a fine line of not being negative too much about our family or, or bad mouthing. Oh, my husband doesn't help with this or blah, blah, blah. You know, we're all terrible at different times, right? And there's, there's different situations, but, and I am married to an absolute saint. Um, you are, I am right. And I'm sure he is, I'm sure I find something to complain about. I know I do. Um, but he's just, I've never heard it. Well, you don't listen then. (laughs) (laughs) I've also never seen your counters dirty. So, Oh yeah, whatever. Um, but I think it's super important. A, to have those groups, like you said, um, have something that you're filling in your bucket. You know, uh, 
read Went to Passion this year. I'd always heard about it from, I guess, you guys and other kids that had gone, but I'd never watched it. And so we watched the whole thing this year. And I remember one of the sermons, um, Christine Kane, who I adore, um, was, yeah, she was speaking and she did this whole, one of the messages, she did this whole thing on digging out and she had a well, like an old timey water well with, you know, made out of wood, like you would see maybe in a, I just, picture it like in Winnie the Pooh for some reason. I don't know why. Like wooden, this wooden well, and she had it filled with dirt. And so while she's speaking, she's shoveling out all of this dirt and talking about how, you know, you have to get in and dig that stuff out. What is the negative that you're, you know, or the past experiences, or was it the, I'm sick of doing laundry, or I'm tired of being doing dishes, or I'm tired of doing this by myself, or I don't have help with this and digging it out and getting it out. But then how are you filling that back with what the truth says, with the, the, what the Bible mm-hmm. says about you, with what um, God has blessed you with, with who God says you are as a believer? Um but how are you feeling that well? And uh, it's just a, it was a strong mental word picture to me. Um, and those times with those women in that season of my life was just super important. So I'm glad that that's something that you found because that's It is. Important. I mean, community is so important no matter like what stage you are. And that's something I've always felt like writing something about or something is friendships because they're, I think we always have such like, I don't know. We have, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Uh, I don't know. We always have this view of like our friendships at this point are supposed to be exactly like this. And someone that we are friends with in middle school is supposed to be the same type of friend as an adult, but they're not. And, um, you know, I like, I mean, both your girls, I truly believe were divinely appointed friendships at very specific times in my life. And, our friendships change, you know, like people that I was friends with in elementary school. I I have two of them, one of them that I still talk to, um, you know, and my friends that I'm within this group, aside from two of them that I did grow up with in high school, I did not know. And to be honest, we may not have even been friends when we were in high school um, because we were all different. You know, we didn't have anything in common, but now we have the fact that we're tired moms in common mm-hmm. And we find all these other things. So like your community changes as you go through different stages in life. And I think that that's like something that we miss a lot. Um, Cause for whatever reason, we just, you know, we want to write in everybody's ear, but never change, but you're supposed to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think that in prayer. And I think um, back to your like question you asked before this, I remember always being, you know, people are always adamant about like, wake up in the morning and pray, which is great. I am not a morning person. If I force myself to be a morning person, I don't believe that that time with God is going to be as good as it would be at a different time of day. Um, but you know, in the Bible it says to pray without ceasing. When I was younger, I always felt like that meant like, as I'm walking to class, I should be praying. I should always be praying. I should always have something to pray about, but I don't think it's, to me, at least, and anybody can correct me or disagree, that's fine. Um, I don't think I have to literally, like, verbally be praying with God, but to be in, like, the attitude of prayer, um, to constantly be thankful and to constantly, like, be in awe of God, to constantly be asking Him for help, thanking Him for the help He gave us. I think that's important. And, um, you know, with this house and 
all the other million projects that we put on ourselves. Um, I just constantly am asking for God to like lead us to the next step, like guide us through the next step instead of the whole huge thing. And that's been a, a big deal for me is just like being in the mindset of prayer, prayer constantly. Right. Right. Um, I know I was watching, um, I follow Beth Moore and I watch a lot of her stories and stuff. And, and she just, she cracks me up because she's very much, you know, talks about how when she gets up in the morning and does her quiet time, she's like, good morning, Lord. And I could just see her walking around the house. Good morning, Lord. You know, like verbally saying it out loud. And, mm-hmm. um, but I'm it, just but not like that. No, I'm not either. I'm like, don't talk to me. I don't mm-hmm. love mornings. Um, no. I have, I have never been a morning person. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's a struggle too, but it, well, it's okay. I mean, you know, everybody has different times yes. and what, um, you know, how they figure out what's important in their life and how they, as a believer, um, want to find time with meeting with God. And the, I think the big thing to remember, at least um, for me, is regardless of what you do, when you do it, how you do it, God always meets you. And every single time I get in the Word and I'm reading something, I'm just like, man, why Why did I wait? I, even if it was just yesterday, <laughs> you know, right. I, you just, He gives you little nuggets of something every time. Um, what is one thing, um, as we kind of close out, what is one thing that you would want to say maybe to older women? Because I know you kind of mentioned things that have been important to you for young moms, um, community, uh, your faith, and, and obviously your relationship with Tanner and, you know, kind of having the mindset of, of Maya's given, been given you as a gift by God as your charge to, um, to teach and show her Jesus and everything you do. Um, but what's something that you would say maybe to older women that might be listening? Hopefully. I would say I would ask them for help on behalf of all of the other women that are not going to ask you for help. Um, reach out to the young moms in your church because, you know, having been a mom yourselves, you know, fully well that we're not going to ask for help because you didn't either. Um, most likely I'm just making an assumption. Um, (laughs) but you know, we're supposed to be able to do it. So we should be able to do it ourselves. And a lot of times we probably don't even ask our husbands for help. Um, we just kind of like hope they figure it out, which is stupid. But I mean, just for older moms, like even if you've only been a mom for three years, reach out to that person who gave birth yesterday. Um, because you know, we need your wisdom. Even if you don't think it's wisdom, three years is a whole lot more than one day. Um, and we just need help. You know, it's, we're not asking you to come over at three o'clock in the morning, but come tell us something that nobody else was honest enough to tell us. Um, my sister-in-law, uh, just recently had a baby through IVF, um, their third try. And, and she's older than me. She's two years older than me, but she'll still, you know, text me or ask me stuff or say, this is going on. And it's, I'm happy to give her advice at the same time. I feel weird because I'm like, I've only had a baby for a year and a half. Uh, what kind of advice can I offer you? But it's still, sometimes it's just like, you know, telling her, Hey, it's okay. If she's crying, it's like, I, she actually texted me a while ago and they're trying to, to put, um, their baby girl down in the crib. And I said, it's okay if you cry next to her. 
So just even that, like just reach out to us, tell us that it's normal. Tell us how to handle ourselves through it and bring us (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Like just bring us the Lord's chicken and our whole day will probably be changed. Lord's chicken. Yeah. Bring us, yeah. Bring us something. I'm, I probably tear, uh, aired on the side of bringing food. I'm pretty much a, a hospitality food person when it comes yes. to kids and babies and whatever, but oh, I know I <laughs> I have I have benefited. Thank you. you. Have benefited. Oh, I love that. Oh, Jess, thank you so much. Thank you for, for having me. me. Yeah, thanks for talking and just filling me in on the on the the hangar. And I keep wanting to call it a barn dominium, so I want to come out. I haven't even seen it. I don't even honestly know where that little town is. Um, <laughs> no way. Have to look it up and see where it is. But um, but thank you because I think that's one of the hardest things that for having um, being an empty nester and having your kids grow up is to, you know, not only are they not around anymore, um, but you don't get to see their friends as much anymore. And so it's yeah. You know, that's a hard part. So I do love when I get to see you and you and Maya come by and stop for a visit, even if Maverick jumps home. That's over fine. <laughs> but um but anyway, anything else before we go? Mm, well, I just want to say thank you to you for raising three kids that um I'm friends with. I don't read and I don't have a as close relationship as your daughters, but we do have our own handshake, so that is something. <laughs> But you raised you raised girls that I mean Amanda was divinely appointed to me at the end of high school when I just was walking away from friends I knew I didn't need and prayed for new ones and God gave me Amanda and then she that gave me the whole rest of the Nitra family and then I started to develop a great relationship with Lacey and I've got the Nitchers as my other family. So yeah, thank you for being my mom. Oh, of course. You know I love you dearly. You do have the Nitchers. You're stuck with us for life. We do. All right. Well, thank you, sweetheart, for being with me. And I can't wait to see Maya again next time you come over. Um, and you'll have to, now that I know where you live for sure, I'll figure out yes. time to come out there. We and, do have indoor plumbing. So uh, well, good. <laughs> I'm not coming if you don't. <laughs> We're good for visitors. Uh, all right. Thanks, love. You're welcome. Love you. Love you too. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Happy Wednesday. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Drive Through Moms podcast. I love hearing God's pursuit of these moms' hearts through His faithfulness in every situation. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, as well as get more information about each of the sweet ladies and our resource page coming soon on our website, drivethroughmoms.org. Subscribe on iTunes, and if you like what you're hearing, leave us a great review. We'd so appreciate it. Until next time, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday.